Welcome back to The Beacon. Today we're shining our light on diversity, inclusion, and belonging with D.C. Campbell and Becky Mitchell. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, thank you for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Becky Mitchell, and I'm a member of the Lighthouse Resource Group. I have the pleasure of talking with D.C. Campbell today, and we're going to engage in a conversation about diversity, inclusion, and belonging. D.C. was born in Grenada and entered the Marine Corps boot camp on his first day in America. After his service, he studied at the University of Maryland and the University of Hawaii, obtaining a bachelor's degree in economics and political science, as well as a master's degree in economics. D.C. has traveled a lot, but settled in the heart of Texas as soon as he could. Welcome, D.C. Thank you, Becky. I appreciate you having me on, and thanks to everyone for tuning in. D.C., with my background in human resources, I do tend to have some learned perspectives on diversity and inclusion, but also training that we have outside of work and our experiences in the world gives us insight as to how we should conduct ourselves with people from different cultures, beliefs, different attitudes, and different colors. How do we adapt? Well, I'll tell you, probably the best experience that taught me that lesson was uh, when I was stationed in Japan years ago. Uh, When you travel on the trains, uh, it's quite an experience for the first time. People would push and shove to get in in the front of the line just to get onto the train. But no one seemed offended about doing it because no one was um, offended by each other. Myself, from my perspective, I thought, how rude, you know, how disrespectful. This was my perception that I brought to Japan with me. I did not understand why they were acting in that manner. The Japanese people would look at me as if I was the one who was different. Then I came to realize that these trains are extremely fast. They run very tight schedules. Everyone has to push and shove to, to board the train just as quickly as they can before it took off. Uh, with everybody on it. So it was an understanding that they had and it worked for them. Once we understand why someone does something, all of a sudden the pieces come together. And the longer I stayed in Japan, the more I began to participate gently at first in in this gentle shoving and pushing to get onto the train. And so I adapted my behavior to the Japanese way of life. And it was only then that I realized that the Japanese people would look at me and smile because they knew at that point I had gotten it. So we walk around and we impose our beliefs on others. Diversity diversity should not try to impose, but it should try to open up to one another and say, hey, you teach me. Uh, Perception can get us in trouble in that we misinterpret as to what prejudice is all about. That's true. And, you know, one thing that always brings people together is food. Most everyone loves to eat and having an office or neighborhood potluck meal can open people up to diversity of food, be conversation starters and expose us to different cultures, don't you think? Absolutely. Food differences can make a a good start, allow conversations to flow naturally because we all have things to share about the foods we are My dad was from Baltimore, and when we would go back east to visit our grandparents, 
my dad would take us to the famous Lexington Market. It was blocks long, open air, and every type of food you could imagine. Seafood, poultry, sides of beef hanging, fresh shelled oysters, the smell of all types of baked breads, delicious French pastries, colorful fruits and vegetables, to name a few. I also remember the diversity of people in the market selling their various foods. The vendors were from all over the world and had come to America to begin new lives, with many settling in the city. It was such an exhilarating sensory experience with a plethora of sights, sounds, and smells. It was almost overwhelming. Even though there were many different languages spoken and a wide array of types of clothing, everyone was engaging with one another, smiling, offering tastes of their goods. My dad literally spoke to everyone and all responded to him, either in word or smile or nod. It's interesting looking back on that experience. I had never heard the word diversity, yet I was experiencing it firsthand and it was wonderful. What I remember is all the incredible food, friendly people, and fun times we had going to Lexington Market. It is still there today, but a much scaled down version from my childhood. Over time, the health department implemented regulations that forced many out of business, sadly. But there's still a bit of that feeling of excitement and wonder when I go back to visit. Well, you know, I find it interesting that uh, you were unaware you were having such a diverse experience on, at Lexington Market until years later when you first heard the word diversity. Um, I, I think diversity is an enriching experience, not something to think about as a, as a topic that necessarily has to be taught. Uh, we can experience different cultures right here without getting on a plane and traveling around the world. Uh, we're surrounded by a diverse culture. We just need to be aware and allow inclusion to happen. Uh, we all start our lives in small blocks, and as we grow and mature, we experience more and more diversity in life. Uh, when I arrived at boot camp in basic training, 19 years old, not having been in America very long, I assumed all Americans held common beliefs, regardless of their color or backgrounds. Everyone got along in their own block, I assumed. I remember a Marine uh, named Clark that I was on duty with one night and we had a good conversation. I shared that I was new to this country and I was just finding my way around. Um, he was surprised that I was talking to him and I asked him, I said, uh, he said, when I asked him about that, he said, well, don't you realize that uh, no one else in the platoon talks to me? And um, this, is, this is a Caucasian gentleman. Uh, from a part of America that the rest of America looks down on, and he was um, not treated as well as others. And I found that fascinating um, that America could have so, you know, some of those divisions uh, and not the inclusion that I was looking for. Um, I, I shared that I was new, and, and my experience and his uh, probably meant that we, we got more opportunities to talk to each other about it. Uh, first impression should not be used as a determining factor about a person. We should pause and say, it is a first impression. And I'm going to wait and see what my second impression is. Right here in America, where some may be the same color, have the same language or different accents, people can clearly feel like they don't fit in because of their own background, where they grew up, etc. That's true. In, in today's world, in the work environment, we are much more aware of the need to be accepting of differences, to practice inclusion, 
and an overall sensitivity to encourage employees and one another to embrace diversity. How important is diversity to you and what value does it bring? Well, diversity is not something we can escape and it's an integral part of our lives. Individual growth is one of the many benefits that flows out of diversity because you can adapt to different people, different cultures. When you go into the world, you have less discomfort when that happens. Uh, people who are not open to diversity have a little more walled-in experience that can cause them to be fearful, unreasonably fearful and restrictive, which will result in their missing out on the many wonderful opportunities uh, and experiences. Um, I, I, my background allowed me to say I had to be open-minded and leave my earlier uh, perceptions, and so it allowed me to learn and fit in and to feel included a lot faster, probably because I did also come from a diverse background. I know you have worked for both men and women over the span of your career, so I'm sure you've had experience the gamut of situations with different genders of bosses, inclusion, exclusion. Yes, that's true. People may have attitudes towards one gender or another in the workplace. And even my experience in the military, you know, 95% uh, men in the, in the Marine Corps at the time, uh, after I got out and, and, and into the civilian world, pretty much 50% of the people I worked for in the civilian world have been women. Uh, I've worked with a young lady who had big responsibilities in an agency with a lot of work while people working for her in a very technical environment and they loved her and did great professional work and i asked him about that one day where where did you learn those skills your communication style your leadership your inclusivity and diplomacy to run this department mainly of men and be able to get the kind of production from them that you do and uh, when i asked her that she said her first job was working in a bar and that's when you, you work in a bar and people are coming in all the time to buy drinks and to talk and to get to see and feel and learn about other people. Especially, especially once they have had a couple of drinks, they become more conversational. She went on to say that she didn't have a degree in psychology and working in a bar, but they didn't use the word diversity then. She just learned a lot of psychology, basic human psychology, and was able to learn from that and take that knowledge into the workplace. Um, I'm not saying that we all have to go to bars to learn about people, but one has to be open and accepting that we do not that we do have a diverse world, and others can teach us. And when we when we're but first we have to be open and aware of those opportunities uh, to benefit from them. That brings me to another question, DC. Do you think classes or instruction on diversity and inclusion are important? They can be instrumental in shedding light on the subject, given today's current culture, but class shouldn't be teaching the 10 steps to achieve diversity and inclusion, etc. Uh, it should be about helping people be first be aware and then to understand why others may do what they do. And I think then acceptance would come a lot easier. For instance, if you see some guy kicking on the door into a house, uh, the first uh, impression you would instantly think that this is not good because this bad guy is about to do something to a family unless you have a moment to find out the why he's doing it 
maybe he has a kid in that house and the house is on fire. Uh, he knows it's on fire, we don't. All we've seen so far is just him kicking the door. So sometimes we need to pause and say, now I, what I see and what I want to understand about the situation that we're looking at. Uh, classes should be to help people learn that their first impressions uh, should not be the lasting ones that they have of a person or a situation. How do we do that, DC? Well, we have to start conversations and be open and accepting that we do have a diverse world. Others may be different from us, can teach us, we can learn from one another. It does not have to be a big effort, but happens as we allow ourselves to listen and let others know in advance that we do not have an agenda. We're just truly wanting to learn about each other's cultures and backgrounds. It doesn't have to be forced. But it allows, it allows the, the, the person's humanity to take front and center in a very natural uh, communication way. That's a wonderful sentiment, DC, allowing the person's humanity to take front and center everything else secondary. Certainly that is what all of us want, yet we so easily allow differences to get in the way. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I learned and I I, I reflect back on the Japanese culture because I learned a lot about diversity and inclusion just being there. It was such a, a different culture, different people. Everything about Japan was different, but in a sense, it was an adventure. I, I, I fell right into it. I just absolutely found even the differences, learning the differences and learning to adapt to it to be a daily uh, fun and adventurous way to do it. Uh, but the Japanese culture themselves, they have some conformity issues that is well written about and well studied. Uh, there's, a, there's an old saying that the nail that sticks out gets hammered down, which means you, you have to fit in, you have to find that wall that allows you to fit into the Japanese culture. And there is a high demand uh, for conformity. So, but I believe conformity can also reduce diversity because while I was trying to fit into it, the Japanese people didn't always have that flexibility to be, to get out of their culture because of the pressure to conform. So I think conformity can get in the way of diversity and inclusion and, and being aware and open to other cultures. You know, as we have talked about diversity and inclusion, there is another word that seems to be an important part of inclusion, and that is belonging. Belonging is more of a feeling. Uh, the combination of the two is best described this way. Belonging is the feeling of being part of something and mattering to others. We create it through inclusion, which consists of intentional acts. An article from Mayo Clinic says we cannot separate the importance of a sense of belonging from our physical and mental health. The social ties that accompany a sense of belonging are a protective factor helping manage stress. When we feel we have support and are not alone, we often cope more effectively with difficult times in our lives. Coping well with hardships decreases the physical and mental impact of these situations. In the workplace, employees don't need to be popular or liked by everyone, but they do need to have a sense of belonging somewhere and with someone, either through the team they work with, friendships with other coworkers, and feeling they have a place and they matter. 
The most critical ingredient to building a sense of belonging is effort. You cannot belong if you don't choose to make the effort to engage with others. DC, what are your thoughts about the effort one has to take toward belonging? Good question. I, I think inclusion is just the beginning and the effort extended by the group. But belonging is the secondary effort that must be taken by the individual. And I reflect back on my experience in Japan. Uh, the Japanese were very hospitable, very warm, very accommodating for me uh, because I showed also an interest in them and their culture and language and food and so on. Um, but the individual has, it's a two-way street. I, I don't think I would have enjoyed that kind of reception if I had kept to myself and locked myself in. Uh, they opened the doors and I walked in. So it, it's a two-way street that I think that we need to be able to do it. It's a, it's, a, it's a handshake example. I mean, frankly, if I put my hand out to shake someone and that person does not receive the handshake, then I have done my part. Maybe the other per, per person did not. Uh, so my take is that inclusion is the group's openness to diversity, but belonging is the individual's willingness to accept and assimilate with the group and to take the effort by both the group and the individual to make it work. True. It, you know, it's been great chatting with you, DC. And as usual, we have run out of time, but not conversation. Any closing thoughts you'd like to share? Sure, thanks. Uh, the bottom line is that diversity enriches all who live by those principles. And it, it also strengthens the bonds between people. Because once we get past our differences, what's left is the, is the core humanity we all, we're all born with. We're not born with religions and cultures and all of those things around us. We, we, we are born with that core essential humanity. And that's when we realize that all our differences are just layers of very superficial socialization constructs that we, we learn through education and through experiences. Uh, but achieving a climate of diversity may not be easy, but I think it's definitely worth it. Well said, TDC. Well, have a great day, and we will talk again soon. Thanks, Becky. Same to you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. For more information on this topic, you can contact Lighthouse Resource Group at www.lighthouseresourcegroup.com. Thank you.